All right, go ahead and roll it. Hi, I am so bummed that I'm not there today. I actually had a plan where I was, you know, it was my plan, not my body's plan, but I had a plan where I was kind of working up to where I could do a surprise visit there before the procedure tomorrow and so on. I was really looking forward to that and I did some stuff to try and do it. And the bottom line was is that the heart is willing, the body is not, <laughs> and I just really need to get to where I am genuinely as healed as possible for this procedure tomorrow so that I can recoup from that as quickly as possible. So here I am again. I do want to say thank you to this amazing family, the cards, the letters, the emails, the, the notes, the uh, texts, everything. I just feel so loved. And by the way, let me say, if you ever get sick, be sure and sign up for the food ministry. It is awesome. So I just want to thank you so much. Love you. Uh, I'm the one that gets to do the introduction for the speaker today, and it's Jesse McCracken, this new guy that's on the staff, and we're all just loving getting to know him, and it's awesome, and many of you from the congregation are saying that too. I do need to say one quick little thing before I go to introducing Jesse, and that is that we have here today, because Jesse is speaking today, we have here today Scott Dudley, who is the senior pastor of First Pres, or of Bell Pres, excuse me, it's, well, it used to be First Pres, now it's Bell Pres. And this is that church that you've heard me talk about so much. They are the ones who are the major instigators behind the Jubilee Service Day, behind Jubilee Reach, this incredible ministry that we're so involved in. It's in the schools and it's reaching out to the immigrant communities. They do Eastside Academy. This is a church that is living the gospel, that is bringing Christ's good news in a pragmatic, practical way to the people in need in our community. And I think that that's coming from Scott's heart. His heart is to reach out. And that is what he did, by the way, with Jesse. Jesse was on staff at Belprez, and, and he and Scott developed such a strong relationship that it really is father and son. It really is just, just so deep. It's so deep that even though Scott certainly does have other things he could be doing on a Sunday morning, he's here to support Jesse in this sermon. So I just want to give him a big love Big hugs. When you see him after service, would you just love on him and tell him thank you for the things that he's doing. So just, just even now, would you just tell him how much you love him? Okay. All right. So let me move on now. Uh, I'm at Jesse. I just got to tell you, uh, this has been such a great person to get to know. You guys have been getting to know him again through the things he's been doing in the church and everything else. When, when Jesse came, the thing that he was primarily focused on was that he felt that God had told him to learn how to lead an organization. And I said, you can make more money going somewhere else, but if you want to do that, we're going to give you more responsibility in a broader and deeper way than anywhere else, and you are going to grow like crazy. And he's been doing that, and it's been amazing. There's incredible things going on right now with the team that is helping to lead like Sam, and it is incredible what God is doing. And what's been interesting is to watch Jesse in it. Because here he is coming in, and he's, he's done it with wisdom, and he's done it with care, and he's done it with prayer, and he's just basically done it as led by the Lord, just trying to be careful in what's being said and how's it being said and so on. And I've watched that same thing happen here as he's been preparing this sermon. This happens to be the first time that he's preaching, and I have watched him just with care go after the key variable in preaching to me, and that is... God, how do I decrease and how do you increase? We've had lots of people preach for their first time here. 
Bottom line, it's been a wonderful experience, but I have watched him pursue this thing of how do I, how do I find God? How do I get a hold of what his message is in the best possible way? And then how do I deliver it in a way that it is more him and less me, the most him that's possible and the least me that's possible? This is the kind of guy that he is. This is the kind of sermon that you're going to get. I've heard it. I can't wait to hear it now. This is, this is a big moment in our church's history. I just really want you to give Jesse McCracken a good Lake Sam welcome. God bless you, Jesse. Thank you. Um, you'd think I almost knew what I was doing based on that. That's incredible. <laughs> I want to thank you for being here for what will be uh, the, the best sermon I've ever given. I also want to say I'm sorry that you're here for what will be the worst sermon I've ever given. So either way, right? Either way. <laughs> We're here. And seriously, thank you. There's some people that I've just known for a long time uh, that love me and that I love uh, that are here, and I'm, I'm truly honored. So thank you, guys. All right, let's jump in. What if I told you this morning that I could prove God exists? Beyond a shadow of a doubt in your mind, you can know that he's real, that he cares what you do with your life, that it has meaning, that it has significance, that you're not an anomaly, that you're not part of some cosmic science experiment, that you didn't just happen that way, but that God exists and that he cares what you do. That's where we're going this morning, and I think that's a pretty high bar. <laughs> so with that, um, we're going to have someone pray for this sermon and pray for another church. So Holy Spirit, we ask that you would anoint Jesse's words, uh, help us to hear well, open our hearts, open our minds to what you would have to say to us. And Lord, we pray the same for all the churches on the east side in this area that are proclaiming your gospel, Lord. We pray for Overlake. Lord, we pray for Eastlake. We pray for all the churches that are around us whose names we don't even know, the neighborhood church. Lord, we pray that your word would go forth from all of those pulpits this morning and that people would come to know that you are alive and that you are real. Lord, help us to hear that same message here and be changed by it. We pray this in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. It's, uh, you know, it's amazing. Anytime I've stepped out and done anything significant spiritually, from the first time I led worship to the first time, um, I don't know, I led a small group to this, which is the first time for me to speak. It's amazing what goes wrong that week. And is anyone else there? <laughs> like this week, literally, people were turning on lights at all hours of the night, and I have a room where the lights actually shine up and wake me up. So much so that I actually started, um, without telling my roommates, unscrewing light bulbs. So that, <laughs> so that they couldn't turn them on and wake me up anymore. To printers breaking, to everything else. It's fascinating what happens when we step out in real ministry. And that's kind of where we've been studying with Jesus, right? We've seen that just before, so he gets empowered, he gets baptized. And just before he steps out, he's actually led into a wilderness and tempted. Correct? It's fascinating how that happens in your personal life as the Lord calls you to step out, when you watch, when you really feel the weight of that, and when you really move towards that, what will happen in your life through that? I think that's a big, big part of the reason why I love what we're doing here at Lake Sam, 
where we're asking people to step out and really take the weight of this. Because when you do, let me tell you this week, there's just things that I needed in my prayer life that I didn't need before because I hadn't handled that type of a thing before. And it was necessary for me to hear from God in certain ways that I hadn't before because I was stepping into something. So I want to encourage you. It, it doesn't have to be speaking. It can be leading a small group. It can be anything. But take that step. You're going to find some very real things very quickly within your relationship with the Lord if you trust Him with that. So many of you know that Jerry Cook was here. How many people were here when he was here? There we go. And he said some things that really struck me. And they challenged me too. They made me think about my upbringing. One of the first things he said was, believers don't follow signs. Signs follow believers. Right? Well, for me, I'd spent most of my life chasing signs. And I said that after he made that point because I knew it was true. Because one of the primary things I was going after was trying to hear the voice of the Lord. And I watched all these other people receive from God, it seemed. I read throughout the Bible and all throughout the Scripture, basically as I saw it, it was God speaking to people and people trying to respond to what He was saying to them. Right? And so I wondered at a young age, I said, Lord, I, I read these stories, I see these things, but why can't I actually have You personally in my life? I mean, on a real level, I would hear people, it's like they knew Him. They'd speak, the Lord said this to me, or I had this happen to me, and I'm going, God, in my own life, where are you? I've got stuff going on in my family. I've, I have things that I need you for. Um, I'm dealing with severe depression. And I'm not sure that you're there. And I'm not interested in being in a religion where God doesn't speak to me, where I can't commune with him, where I can't sense his presence, where he's not there. Lord, where are you? I'm in the midst of all sorts of stuff. And so, you know, when I, when I couldn't feel him personally for myself, I did what I thought was the next best, best thing, right? I stalked him. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's really true if I think about it. You know, I, I read all the stories about him. I talked to people that had talked to him that I thought knew him. I would um, just come up with any way that I could to get closer. Those of you that have ever, you know, like on Facebook, I'd read his feed. I'd check out his pictures, see where he traveled to if I could done anything that I could to get closer to him. And it didn't connect with me because it was this mystical thing far away that I could actually hear from him. When people would say that, I didn't know what it meant. That's the second thing that Jerry said that really stuck with me. He said, hear and speak. He challenged us to do that as a church, right? Or hear and respond, as I would say. Hear and respond. And all throughout Scripture, that's what I saw. I saw hear and respond happening. And I said, you know, I've got a big problem with that because in the hear respond, my honest answer for most of my life would be, but God, I can't hear you. How does that work? Like, do, do I just, do I listen? Do, is there a voice? Is there a certain, like, do I have to get on my knees and raise my hands? Is there, like, at what point do I really know it's you? But I can't hear you. Lord, I'd want to do everything that you would ask me to do. I'm finding there's situations in my life that I don't know the answer to, Father, there's things that I would need to do. There's, there's questions that I would have about what's going on in my family, in, just in school growing up, in, in social relationships. Who do you want me to date? Who do you want me to marry? All these things. Lord, I want to hear what you have to say. I need to hear what you have to say. I'm forming my whole life hoping to hear what you would say. But I can't hear you. So where do I go to find that? You know, as Justine spoke um, last week too, and she outlaid in, in Luke 4 and uh, in verse 4, Jesus' response to the first temptation, which was to make bread for himself. 
And in that, Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone. And how many of you know what that goes on to say in Deuteronomy? But by every word, there you go, that proceeds from the mouth of God. So here we are challenged with this, hear and respond, and by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And yet I've spent most of my life in this place going, but I don't actually know how to do that first part. How can I live on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God if I don't know any of those words, if I can't hear them, if I can't respond to those, right? Has anyone else ever been there? I mean, just honestly. And even, you know, sometimes we've walked a long ways with the Lord, and, and that's not clear. You know, Paul says we hear dimly. It's not always crystal what we should do. So um, everyone look back at Rick really quick. Thanks. I just I needed to check where I was in my notes. <laughs> and I figured you wouldn't see what I was doing if I did that. <laughs> so before we deal with the respond part, I think we need to deal with the here part. I get some, some laughs there. You like that? You're thinking about using that next time, aren't you? <laughs> We'd have to deal with the here part, right? And so I find with hearing God, there's two basic camps. There's those that hear, and there's those that don't. And it's not always quite that black and white, but that's basically it. And within that camp of those that don't, there's three kind of subsets of that. There's a person that would say, um, that's not for me or it's not real. There's a person that would say, I've been deeply, deeply wounded by this. I've had some experience with this. And that experience has led me to where I don't want to have any more experiences with this. In fact, I don't trust it. And then there's the person I think that would say the third of that. You know, I, I don't really know how to. And in fact, I feel a little bit stupid. I'm maybe even a little bit embarrassed to admit that I don't know how. I'm not sure how to do that. And everyone else, maybe you're like me at a young age. I go, everybody else seems to figure this out. But I haven't. And I want to desperately. And so I want to speak to each one of those camps really quick. First, to the one that would say, um, I don't need this, or this isn't real, this isn't for me. I want to challenge that thinking for a second, because as I go through the, the scriptures, and I challenge you to do this, make a list of your ten favorite Bible characters. And in that, tell me, how many of them did God speak to? How many of them was that instrumental in their life to move them from one point to another? How important was hearing the voice of the Lord? I mean, as I go through Scripture, it's literally almost every single person walked with God, spoke with God. Even if they rebelled from God, <laughs> they still heard. I mean, seriously, at one point, I'm like, God, just speak to me so I can rebel. I mean, at least give me that chance, right? <laughs> I mean, everybody else got that in Scripture, at least. <laughs> but I can't hear you. So I find that's, that's kind of the first camp, and I would challenge your thinking in that because I find it so central throughout. Then to the other camp, the one that would say, I'm wounded. I've had some experience with this, but I've been deeply harmed. I'd say I'm with you and I love you. Seriously, I've been in that camp at multiple points. Some of my best friends are currently in that camp because of what they've seen. What I would say about prophecy and about hearing the voice of the Lord is it's like playing with fire, or it's like fire. And I would say fire in the hands of a kid, what do they do? They can burn the house down. They can hurt, harm themselves, harm others. But you put that same fire 
in the hands of an adult, and what can they do with that fire? Tremendously useful things that help in so many ways. And in a society, we would never say, I don't, we're, we're just going to do away with fire, right? How many men would say, rebuke that, right? <laughs> it's like half of our existence. <laughs> but seriously, we, we see that even in how we will travel in, in automobiles and airplanes, and it's not the car's fault for getting in a wreck, it's the operator's fault. Yet when it comes to prophecy, there's not a lot of classes. Like before, there's not a certification where you get pulled over from a cop and given a ticket if you haven't passed a certain level, right? And so people can run with this stuff without really being in check within their communities, without having really learned how to use it and how to walk with it. And so I'm sorry that that's happened. If that's happened to you, I really am. Sincerely, it's happened to me. Significant things that I was trying to hear from the Lord and someone ran away with something, and it was deeply harmful to me personally. But in that, I had to separate out that that wasn't God. That that was a person trying I believe in good intent. I don't think they just meant to harm me. To, to walk in a certain way to hear that, but they were misusing it. They hadn't actually spent the time to learn to discern, to test it, and to, um, to have it come in a right season with a reasoned approach to it. So, and then there's that final camp, which would say, you know, I don't know how, and I feel a little bit stupid. I feel a little bit embarrassed that I don't know how. And I would also say to that camp, I'm, I'm with you. And I love you, and I want to try and help you this morning for the first part. We're going to get to the respond part of what Jerry's saying for those that might be more familiar with this topic. But to get everybody there in the same place, I think we have to talk about first how you hear. And so uh, with this, I think the first thing you have to talk about anytime you're hearing the voice of the Lord is communication, right? Communication, in my opinion, is the basis of every relationship. In fact, I would say it is the relationship. I would say that. And I don't know how many of you, if you have someone that's close to you, um, if you've just not talked to them for weeks on end, right? Just silence. Like if you're in a marriage, maybe some of you are like, well, maybe that'd do us good or something. But <laughs> kidding. <laughs> but seriously, the, the presence and the essence of a person is in their communication. Verbal, nonverbal, how they respond, even the reactions. You know, I'm a person, I tend to wear my emotions on my sleeve for better or worse. And there's so much you sense about me just by my nonverbal communication, who I am, the way I am, the nuances of who I am. It's vital to really understanding all of that about me. It's the exact same with God. I mean, I would, I would go through life and go, Lord, I just want to hear the nuances of how you would respond to this situation so I can know you. Because I desperately want to know and understand who you are. It's one of the things we lost in the beginning was a separation of that communion, of that natural walking with relationship with the Lord. All right? You with me? So to illustrate basic communication, I'm going to need a brave volunteer. And I need a volunteer with a very particular skill set. I need you to speak a language other than English. And if you don't know one, and if we don't have someone, I'm hoping we do. So if you do speak a language other than English and you're willing to come up here, I'll be very nice to you. Raise your hand. Yes, okay. If not, I was going to say just make one up because I only speak English. <laughs> Thank you very much. Can you please tell me and everyone else your name? I'm Jessica. Jessica, thank you. I'm Jesse. Good to see you. <laughs> Thanks for coming up here. What do you think is about to happen? Yeah. <laughs> so what... Actually, and don't tell me what language you're speaking just yet. But I want you, don't use the basics of it, 
but say something that would be a little more complex. And it can be anything you want. Um, ich heiße Jessica Heldenhausen und ich komme aus äh, Deutschland, aber ich war auch ein Jahr in den ähm, USA oder sechs Jahre und ich habe auch ein Jahr in Südafrika verbracht. Wow. <lacht> Give me a round of applause for that alone, right? Hey. <lacht> Jessica, I have no idea what you just said. <lacht> so with that, I, but I want to, I want to know what you're saying. Could you maybe describe something in this room to me? Using that language, no English, and you can give me a head nod, yes or no, um, is, if I'm getting close, but try and get me to understand. And it can be anything around here. I'll probably need you to point at stuff, all right? So go for it. Um, ich sehe viele verschiedene Leute, junge Leute, alte Leute, Männer, Frauen, viele Farben in den Kleidern, um, glückliche Leute. I, so I'm, I'm trying to guess what you might be saying there. Are you talking about the people in the room? Okay. Um, and then, uh, but I didn't quite get what about the people. So say it again and maybe can you give me some gestures or something to get closer? Um, große Leute, kleine Leute, junge Leute, alte Leute. <laughs> so did you say tall and short? And did you say happy and sad? Old and young, but I wasn't really sure how to do that. <laughs> and what, what does old and young mean? Like anywhere from a child to past midlife crisis. <laughs> <laughs> and can you, can you identify which people are past midlife crisis? Because I'd, <laughs> I'd be really interested in it. <laughs> so... Um, can we have a hand for Jessica? Thank you so much. <laughs> That's awesome. Do you get what I'm after in that? When we start to hear the voice of the Lord, it's like learning a new language. And if I gave up, because I had no idea what she's saying, honestly. I'm guessing, was that German? Okay. I heard Deutschland, right? Yes, so is, I'm speaking German or something like that. So I could catch on to parts of that because I knew how people communicated. But I didn't actually know what she was saying. And if you had watched us communicate in those two languages over time, I would have begun to identify words and phrases. And then if she spoke to me again, I would understand better and I would get more words and phrases. And again and again, and that would build until I could have a pretty quick conversation with her. But that would take a long period of time, Right? And it would take my attention regularly focused on that to learn. Hearing the voice of the Lord is exactly the same way. You don't just arrive at Samuel, at Isaiah, at Jeremiah, as I thought when I was a kid. But it's through regularly sorting this out, regularly asking the Lord what He's saying, trying to discern it, discerning it in the community, going to Scripture, reflecting back on it to see what it's saying, testing it, trying it, and walking it through. Thanks, Julie. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> the other thing I'd say is it's okay to get it wrong. And sometimes that keeps us from moving into it because we're afraid of that very thing. But did you know if you never get anything wrong, you never actually learn? It's actually a necessary part of learning. Where we get in trouble with that is when we're not actually sure, we'll say things like, thus saith the Lord. And then we'll say the thing we're not really sure about. And that's not a good thing to do. 
<laughs> but it's okay when you're learning to say, you know, I, I think this might be God. It might be the pizza I ate. Um, I'm trying to figure this out. I'm new to it. I still say that. I've been doing this for a, f- a few years now, a long time. And I still say that because I could be wrong, right? And I want people to get God, not have me caught in the middle of that, and I don't want to harm them in any way. It's, it's almost like doctors, right? What's the first thing? Do no harm. We should approach prophecy with a very similar thing. So I think it's important to look at the different ways that we do hear God. And, and before we go there, actually, I think how we hear him, the perspective with, with which our minds hear him is sometimes even more important or as important as what we hear from him. And so I've got to talk to you for a second about when I grew up, I didn't have a good father. I'm privileged to have the man, if I have a father on this earth, it would be Scott, and he's here today. Thank you, Scott. And he's helped remake the image for me of what a father would say to me, what a father would do. But growing up, I didn't have that. And so when I heard the voice of the Lord, I heard it as the voice of my father. And I had a dad where if I came home with straight A's, he'd find something wrong with them. And so I thought the Lord was always critical, always finding something wrong, and had a list of rules, and he was just waiting for me to violate one of them to remind me how I'd fail. And when I heard with that lens, I had a tainted view of everything that he would say to me based on that experience. And as he brought healing, and as I moved further across that divide from what, um, what a father that, that has his own uh, issues and things he's going through but wasn't really raising me up in the way he should, to men that had surrounded me, and been there for me when they didn't have to, and treated me in a way that a, that a good father would, that the Lord would. I began to hear, I mean, that just changed my life. How I heard him, I had so much shame initially, and I had to recognize, no, Lord, you're not actually after me to tell me how, how poorly I'm doing. It's not a list of rules like that. You're, you're trying to get me to hear you. You're trying. You want to talk with me. And actually, most of the time, you're, you're admonishing me. You're encouraging me. You're saying positive things. There is some correction. If you've heard the voice of the Lord, I'll get that. But the bulk of it is so encouraging. So there's a couple ways, and this is my first attempt at using a PowerPoint clicker. So let's see how it goes. Hey, so far so good. We're in our Empowered series, as you know. And I want to go over how we hear the voice of the Lord. So you'll see through scriptures, and I'm not going to go into the references. They're there in case you want to write them down. Uh, we'll hear the voice of the Lord through impressions. So that would be, I, I feel this way. I, I think the Lord's saying this. Stream of thought. Other people, counsel, teaching, prophetic, mentors. It's a huge one in my life. Pictures, internal and external. Visions. You see that all throughout the Bible. Those would more, more be like a movie playing in front of you. Um, the pictures would be a little more subtle. Visions would be like, you're going to remember that for the rest of your life. Dreams, all throughout the Bible. And there's a promise of both of those all throughout, um, uh, towards the end times and towards, as we move forward in Scripture as well. Internal voice. It's a huge one for me and for actually everyone I know that hears the voice of the Lord, the small, still voice. The whisper is what that Scripture is referencing, or silence audible. The audible voice of God, that's another one you don't forget. (laughs) That's a rare one. That's a rare one scripturally. Angels, also rare, also ones you don't forget. 
I mean, shepherds were terrified. Most people are in fear, and the angel's saying, don't be afraid. And they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay, good. Yep. So if you're not sure if you've been visited by an angel, uh, you probably haven't been. On the other hand, if now I won't go there. So, so with that, um, I want to talk for a second about the two that were the most important for me when I was learning this, and they are um, pictures. And when I say pictures, I want you to do something with me. Close your eyes, everybody, for a second. Close your eyes, and I want you to try and picture either the front door to your house or to any other place that you go normally. Does everybody have that, have a place? So when I'm saying that I saw something, that's usually what I'm referring to. I've had visions, very rarely, that were very clear. Most of the time, I'm talking about something like this, and I've found most people are talking about something like this. I want you to do another thing, and this would be that internal voice. Sing any song to yourself that you know. It can be the song that never ends. <laughs> It can be a happy birthday song. If you like hip-hop, you can do hip-hop. It's your choice. But pick any song and, and sing it to yourself in your mind. Does everyone have that? I found for the most part when we're talking about that internal voice, that's exactly what we're talking about. That's what I am. And I want to jump for a second. If Those of you that know brain science know that your mind will see things and try and create meaning, and so I want to talk to that for a second. Now, I'd say in using these two things, I both spectacularly missed it and spectacularly gotten it right, okay? So I go, well, what's the difference? <laughs> and that's why Paul will say we see dimly. There's a point where I can tell you um, I'm not originating the thought or the picture or the voice, and there's a point where it crosses over and I actually am. And as I've spent time doing that, I've been able to identify which is which more and more. Not perfectly, not saying that. I'm learning just like everybody else. But it's been able to be more and more accurate as I've done that. And so it's, it's one, I find uh, the voice of Satan is easy to identify because it's going to be against us or it's going to twist something God said. It's going to question. When it's our voice and the Lord's voice, that's the more difficult one to start to discern between and where we can get in trouble. So with that, though, when, when we ask the Lord to speak to us, and this is what I recommend you do, and what I do every day when I pray, because we'll pray, we'll talk, we'll talk, we'll talk, we'll talk, we'll talk, right? But do we ever say, Lord, do you have anything to say to me? What could be a more necessary prayer than that? Father, do you have anything that you would want to say to me today? Every time I pray, that's one of the prayers. And I give at least five minutes. If I don't see anything, that's not my fault right? <laughs> That's not on me to make myself see something. I don't have to have something. But I do have to ask. I believe it's my responsibility to ask. And if I do ask and I do see or hear something, I test it and see whether or not it's the Lord. And if I believe it is, I respond to that thing. All right? So um, some of us are at different places in this. So I actually want to do this in real time. And I need one more brave volunteer. Before you raise your hand, let me tell you what you're signing up for. <laughs> what we're going to do is bring you up. Already? <laughs> All right. Go, come on up here then, Josh. Sorry. With, without even, 
without the terms of condition, you're in finance. That's not. <laughs> How often does that happen? So, uh, never. <laughs> so this is my very good friend Josh. Does finance at Amazon. Josh, thanks for being here. No worries. Happy to be here. Awesome. So what we're going to do is we're going to pray for Josh, and we're going to close our eyes and try and hear and see. Some of you that have done this will be familiar. What I'm particularly after this morning is if you never actually have. Or if you've seen something and you've never actually spoken it. And before I do that, I want to tell one story. There's a gentleman that I was in a place. And sorry, I didn't mean to make you walk up here before I told this story. So you're going to be standing for a little while. There you go. <laughs> There's a gentleman um, at a particular time when I was trying to discern something in my life as to what the Lord might be saying. And he had all the same training that I'm giving you. In fact, much more than that. He'd walked with the Lord for many, many years. And he would still say that he'd never heard the voice of the Lord. So I'm in a tough spot, and I'm hearing things from the Lord that don't make sense in the natural realm to me. And whenever I hear things like that, I don't do them, right? Because <laughs> they don't make sense. However, most of the Bible is people doing things that don't make sense. And so I go, Lord, if this is you, I need you to confirm it in a way that I know it's not me making this up. Because this has real-life consequences on one side or the other, right? And so I asked this guy that's never heard the voice of the Lord if he'll try and hear the voice of the Lord, right? And again, I figure that's God's problem, right? I mean, seriously, if the Lord can send angels, speak to us in dreams, if he can speak through animals, if he says he can even make the rocks cry, I go, I'm not concerned about that part of the equation. My job is just to submit whatever I feel I'm getting to the mentors God's placed in my life and trust that he'll speak to them if it's really important. So this guy goes away and he prays. Guess what he gets? Nothing. <laughs> Some of you might be thinking this is not helpful. <laughs> Hold on. He actually hands me a blank piece of paper. He says, Jesse, this is what I got. I take that piece of paper, and I flip it over, and I'm, and I'm going, you know, what is this? And I notice a date, which he didn't know was on that paper, but there happens to be a date. The date is June 8th. And so I don't have really any idea when the thing I may be praying about that I think might be God would or would not happen. Guess what day it happens on? June 8th. One in 365 chance of getting that right if he'd written something down. He hadn't even written something down. He thought the paper was entirely blank. God used a man that may still today say he's never heard of the voice of the Lord to speak to me specifically about what was going on in my life where I most needed to hear. And that was the most significant thing I heard, though other people spoke and though I heard things. And it was from a guy that had never heard before and would say, I don't hear. When God wants to speak, he can speak. We have to trust him and just be honest with what we have. That's all my friend was doing. He was being honest. I got nothing. <laughs> and through that, he gave me everything. All right, so, hey, Josh, thanks for coming up here. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed your seat. So, are you guys comfortable with this? We're going to pray. And we'll take a second. We're going to ask the Lord if he has anything to say to Josh this morning. And it doesn't have to make sense to you. The only thing I would say, every now and then we may feel something corrective. This morning's not a time for that. We're only going to say encouraging things. If you get something corrective, you can tell me afterwards. And we can weigh together, as the Bible says, whether or not that's from the Lord. And we can tell Josh. So, do you agree to those terms, Josh? Okay. <laughs> so, here we go. If you would, please close your eyes. Or however you hear best from the Lord. Father, thank you that you speak. Lord, thank you that you're here, that you're with us, Holy Spirit, very seriously. That you care about the issues of our life. 
or that you care about Josh's right now and what he's looking at. And, Father, that you speak to us. Lord, it's not our responsibility to force it, but we do ask. And we trust you for that response, Lord. So keep your eyes closed, and if you get something, wave your hand to me. And it, sometimes it'll take a few of the people that do this more regularly to go first before other people feel comfortable. Here we go. I've got a couple. I'm not going to look up the whole scripture, but where it says um, we must keep working while it's while it's light. That night is coming, and no person will be able to work. That you're a real light and to keep working in the light. Thank you. It's fantastic. So another hand over here, right? I got a sense that um, you have a question that you've been asking God for a while, and the answer is yes. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else is particularly... If you would say that you've never done this before and you've never spoken before. I just got encourager, and I don't know you at all, but I got encourager. A finance guy that's encouraging. Imagine that. <laughs> it's being taped. Yeah, it is. I just saw the, um, the front, I don't even know what's called, the front of a boat, um, and a speedboat that was taking up um, speed to make wake and that you were standing on it and the the rush of the wind on your face and I have no idea what it means but that's what I thought um, increasing in speed and wake building and you riding that so. I, I want to say one thing I love what Justine just did she said exactly what she saw and she said this I don't know what it means that's a perfect thing to say the first time I saw something it was a red canoe I had no idea what it meant, but I took a step of faith to say it, and then I was with more experienced people, and they connected it in ways that had deep meaning and revelation for the person. And so, perfect example. Okay. Uh, this was a little weird. It just kind of three pictures popped into my head, one right after the other, and it was just one of those old school water pumps, a nail, and a tombstone. Again, perfect. Just saying what you saw. Excellent. Okay. Uh, yeah, it was a water pump, a nail, and a tombstone. There you go. All right. Josh, did any of that, and you're not, uh, there's no pressure, and that's always true, to ever say that something, and especially because it's public, we can want to say something was helpful or not. That's, there's no pressure in that, okay? I, I was just praying for someone trying to, to learn how to do this more quickly in an exercise of people I trust, and so I'm just saying what comes to mind without trying to reason through it as much. I see something that looks totally bogus to me, and I tell them, and they think it's totally bogus too, right? Two days later, they're telling me a story, and I started laughing in the middle of it, and I go, you mean that thing I saw was actually helpful? <laughs> like, that's actually what you're going through? I mean, it's not our responsibility to assign meaning to it. We wait on the Lord and trust him to do that. And we track and we know his voice by the fruit and the results of it. Okay? That's for sure. So was any of that helpful? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, no, in particular the, you know, work while it's still light. Um, you know, for me, I work at Amazon and I've been working really hard for the last few years and it's always been a question mark for me of when do I move into a phase where I kind of um, balance the, the work that I do with actually living life and um, just to be encouraged that the investment I'm making right now is the right investment to continue working hard while it's still light um, is really important because that's something I face daily, uh, deciding to kind of retire early or, or stop working as much because um, it can get to you after a while and so that's, and being an encourager is always something that's great to hear and the other things, the imagery is something that I'll want to go process and think about so I'm really glad this is being taped. Um, but it's, it's, it's helpful. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate the opportunity to do this, even though I had no idea what you were going to do. <laughs> Raising hands without knowing the preconditions. There you go. Thank you, Josh. So two, I'm going to move on to the respond, but the, the last two cautions I'd give people once we hear, and that's the first goal, is to hear. Once we hear, two cautions, just because you hear something doesn't mean you necessarily should share it. Okay? Ask the Lord whether or not you should. I can give you more examples of that, but for time I'm going to skip them. But ask the Lord if you should share what you heard. Changed my life when I learned that. Because <laughs> I was saying everything I saw, and it wasn't always helpful. Second, did you have a question, Zach? What if you don't hear? What if you feel? So what are you feeling? So one of my friends, um, and he, he speaks more accurately than almost anyone I know, and the primary things he gets are feelings. And those are the impressions that are up on that screen behind me still, I think, right? Yeah, the second one. So often there'll be a feeling, and it'll be interesting. He'll immediately emotionally identify with where the person's at. Even though he doesn't know them, he'll start to feel what they're going through. And he'll be able to then get pictures and describe what's happening in their life. And it's fascinating. So what I'd encourage you to do is speak the feeling. And in a setting like this, like we know each other, so we can go do this together. Seriously, if you want to, we'll pray and work through this. And through that, we'll see um, where God is at in that, right? Track his presence, track the fruit, and see what he may be saying through it. Okay? Thanks for asking because I, Rich, I'm worried you're going to get me in trouble. Sometimes some people get touches in different spots of their body on, on something. You can get the impressions. You can get a touch. You share that, and the Lord will open it up. Okay? It's, remember, one thing that Kurt says is that when you're ministering in the gifts, it's a continuum. Okay? So, and um, what Justine said about the bow of the boat, that's just like speaking in tongues and waiting for the interpretation. It's the same type of thing where you get something first and then the rest of it follows. Okay. Um, I don't know. Just yeah, That was helpful. Thank you. Yes, Julie. Uh, you know what I actually heard was encouraged, not encouraged. Was encouraged. <laughs> Wait, so say this. This is important. The, the truth is I heard encourage, not encourager, but, you, you know, most of you know me. I'm like the woo-woo girl, right? So I, added, I think I added encourager, and I just heard encourage, and it goes to what witnessed with him. So I that. Thank you for being honest. Seriously, 
That's so important. Thank you. I've done that so many times, so many times. And I've had to learn, okay, where, where did, what did I really hear? And what did I maybe add to that? And, and times when I've missed it, what I heard initially or saw usually was pretty accurate. Where I took it with my mind is usually where I got off track is what I found. Okay. <laughs> and then before I said marriage, somebody else said, God said yes, and it's like, I'm not getting involved. right to use wisdom when it comes to marriage. There's a couple topics, right, that we're careful about. That being said, most of the things that people would train me to be cautious about are things that happened in the Bible where God would speak about different things, right? And so it doesn't mean that it's not God. When it's a, a something like that, that deep, I want to make sure I know that the person, this is just honestly me, I want to make sure the person has enough maturity with the Lord to know what to do with that and to not run with it. Or I may not say it, and that's one that I would say, um, Lord, do you want me to share? That's a perfect example of when I would use that question. Lord, is this something you want me to share, or is this just for me to know? And sometimes the Lord's just speaking something for me to know. Sometimes it's to share. Josh is not married. I'm not sure if he's dating. <laughs> so, but that's, that's wisdom. It's a perfect example. Okay, last, and then i got to move on a bit. Well, I think that what the Lord was talking to me um, goes with what Justine said and kind of goes with what Zach said. And I was like, I'm not going there either. <laughs> but I feel like this is, could be such a meaningful learning experience for everyone involved that I'm going to be obedient. And what I saw, and what was your friend's name? Josh. Josh, what I saw was um, you have really been hurt in the past in um, relationship and you have guarded your heart and you've said you know it's just too painful I don't want to even venture to try again but I felt God was saying to you that um, everyone is subject to the wrong choices of others their disobedience their um, not following after how God chooses us to live in relationship with one another, every single one of us, can you trust him? Can you trust him again? And it goes with the boat that, you know, the picking up speed is you finally letting go and having an open hand and say, God, you can put who or what or how you want into my hand. I'm going to leave it open instead of closed and saying, you know what, I'm just going to retain a position of comfortability and you know, but with that, he can't put anything in your hand. So having an open hand. Wow. That's powerful. Very sincerely. And I, don't, I know enough about Josh that that would resonate with me. Um, he'll have to weigh whether or not that does for him. And that's one, he's a seasoned believer, so I'm glad you came up. Because I know that you have the responsibility to weigh those types of words in that level. Um, 
It's fascinating. I wasn't going to bring up the scripture, but what we're watching is actually what Paul describes in 1 Corinthians 14 when he talks about uh, how we do prophecy orderly, where it's two or three and the others weigh what is said. And we, we prefer the other, even though the revelations will build as we share with one another in community. This is why whenever I pray for somebody, I always make sure there's a second person if it's about their life because I want the Lord to confirm what he may or may not be doing, and I trust it more when it's in a community. And I, we've seen a beautiful example of that this morning. Thank you. But I had no idea that the Lord would illustrate it that well. Thank you. So, and that's... The last caution I'd give is whenever we see disunity. And we don't see that this morning. But if you ever get to a place where you see disunity, that should be a, a caution flag. To say, Lord, are you really saying that? Did I get it wrong? Sometimes he's working on the hearts of people through that. Sometimes um, we actually did miss it. Sometimes actually what everybody saw can work together towards something. A lot more to that, but I would say if you ever do reach a place where we're not in unity, which is the opposite of what we're seeing this morning. This morning we're seeing tremendous unity of vision. And so I really do take the things that are being said as, as I go, that's probably from God. That sounds like it's from him. It sounds like scripture. It sounds like the things I know that he would say. All right. So um, let's have a quick seventh inning stretch before the very last part of this. So you can stretch out. There we go. <laughs> Make sure you're limber there. All right. Because I'm not sure that I've delivered yet on that part. I think maybe for some of you I have with that question, does God exist? What if I could prove that to you? And so I want to head in that direction. And I want to look at Luke. And this is the next part after Jesus says, you know, you should not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time and said to him, To you I will give all this authority and their glory, for it has been delivered to me, and I give it to whom I will. If you, will, if you then will worship me, it all will be yours. It will all be yours. And the Amplified says, If you will worship me but once, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered him, It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. I wish that was my response. And I don't know if you're there. Jesus has just offered basically everything. I mean, he's given, well, that's not quite true. Jesus has offered the world that he is dying to redeem without the suffering and pain before the fact with one, one cost, right? Disunity with the Lord, with his Father. So he'd have to break that. And Jesus, it's like water off his back, that choice. And I go, man, I wish that was my response. Because so often I find hearing the voice of the Lord always leads to a choice between the Lord and the world. Just about always in my personal life. Am I willing, and because there's a cost to me personally, it'll cost me something. In fact, sometimes I might look foolish to step out. I may not know if God's actually going to meet me there, if he's actually going to show up. And I think there's kind of two key paths in Christianity, or I should say in, in this life. We kind of choose, we could choose to follow after God totally or follow after the world totally. And I've found in Christianity, American Christians, we oscillate between those two points. And through that, we don't really have either one. Because isn't it true what we want is really all that God has to offer 
and all that the world has to offer together without the consequences? I mean, is that true? Honestly, that's me. Is that anybody else? My flesh goes, yeah, I want all this nice stuff. I want all these things that culture says are great. Look at this. I mean, everybody looks happy. It looks like what I'm supposed to have. And then I read Scripture and I go, I want deep meaning. I want a life that reflects what I saw in Jesus, which is so counterculture to that. And we try and have both. And we get too close to one, to the world, and we kind of swing back to the Lord. And then we go, this is a little weird. We're starting to prophesy and stuff. I'm going to head back this way. <laughs> I'm getting uncomfortable. If you don't think I'm cool, I'm going back this way. Oh, this feels a little bit too far away. I'm going to swing back the other way, right? I mean, I, seriously, I watch this over and over in my own life, too. I'm, I'm not um, apart from that. What do you do when you hear clearly and everything in you doesn't want to do what you heard? And this is why I want you so badly to hear clearly. Because in that moment, your faith grows like you've never felt before. I'm talking about tested, tried things that the Lord's speaking to you that you would not want to do. Everything in your flesh would resist. Your natural mind would say, this is not a good idea. I'm talking about Moses in the Red Sea type moments, Joshua and Jericho type moments, Jesus in the cross type moments, right? And in that moment, if you have heard clearly from, the, from God, if he's confirmed it, that's changed your life alone, right? The first time that you really hear clearly from him, that'll change your life. What will change it all the more is when you don't want to do what he's saying. You'll begin to identify with biblical characters in ways you never did before. With people even that rebelled, you'll understand them and have empathy and go, I see why you ran away, Jonah. I see why you did that. Like, I see why you didn't want to face these different things. And in that, you no longer have a theoretical God and theoretical sin. You have a real God and a real problem. And a real flesh. And your mind can't actually know if what God said will happen. I mean, could Moses know that the sea was really going to part in his mind, given all the logic and everything that he'd seen? But yet in your spirit, you can't let go that it's probably God. And you can't get away from it. You're convinced you know that you know in your spirit, but your flesh is going to fight because it's always going to cost you yourself to get more of God. It costs our flesh to get more of our spirit, right? Of God building our spirit. And in that moment, I believe sincerely, if you dare to walk and to do what he would say, you'll have your answer to the question, does God exist? Does he care about my life? All of that stuff is summed up right then in that moment. So, with this, there's, there's so much more than we could really ever get into in, in one. <laughs> Greg, you're just laughing, going, oh, yeah. In, in one time, I'm committed. Seriously, Zach, what a beautiful question. As you brought up what was really going on, what you were really hearing from the Lord. What a beautiful thing. And as a community surrounded that and responded to it, Rich, thank you. Babette, thank you. It draw, you just saying that drew out things that other people were thinking, right? Even what Julie was saying. And so as we do that in community, we have more than if we do that on our own. And so I'll probably be starting a small group in the fall, um, which this will likely be the topic. I'm also committed to any, seriously, this is so transformational to our lives. I would want to help you in any way, if it's, if it's coffee, if it's lunch, if it's whatever we need to do to get you here. So if you have questions, please see me. Guys, this takes time. But it's worth the result on the other side. It really, really is. It really is. Amen? All right. So if the band would come up.
please. One of the things we lost um, originally in the garden was that communion and was that voice um, and that way of walking with the Lord. And so we're going to pick up our communion right now. And if you're, you're not, if you're new here, you're not familiar, it's right in front of you in your seat. And there's two parts to it. You've got the juice and you've got the bread. So take the bread right now if you would. Father, thank you that you care about the issues of our life. Lord, that it's okay that our lives are broken before you. Father, it's okay that we see dimly. It's okay that we don't always hear. Father, let our desire to be to hear you, to want to know your voice. Lord, to chase after you. Father, will you meet us in that brokenness? Lord, thank you for your death and your resurrection. And Lord, as you said, it was better that you left so we had the Holy Spirit. Lord, who's with us for these impressions, these visions, the ways that we hear, we speak, that we all have access to that in real time, in everyday relationship. God, you're not dead. We don't talk to somebody that can't talk back. Jesus, we remember that this morning. Thank you for the price. Thank you for your blood. Take the cup if you would. Father, we love you and we trust you. And Lord, we commit to